everybody good evening i hope everybody is feeling all right tonight i am feeling good on this good snowy night in the northeast i hope y'all are all right out there okay it is snowing and we all should be glad about this snow some of y'all need to stay in the house anyway for the simple fact that y'all keep spreading this good coronavirus all the way around so maybe you just stay your little selves at home uh we all can be free one day how about that but anyway Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Muzzle is Off podcast. Um, I am your host, Nikia Monet, and we have an extremely special guest with us tonight. Once again, let us all welcome in the wonderful Focus Jane. Oh, hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me once more. And again, and I love that middle name, Monet. My daughter, you and her shared the same middle name. Her name is Simone Monet. Oh, I love it. That means we special. Let me tell you something. Anybody who knows me knows I absolutely love, L-O-V-E, my middle name. Um, I don't know why. I literally have a, a, an affinity for the middle name of Monet. And um, I love my middle name. And everybody that has a daughter, I always tell everybody, oh, her middle name should be Monet. And they'd be like, wow, because it's my middle name and it's a wonderful middle name. And everybody's child should have the middle name of Monet if she is a girl. So needless to say, that's because your daughter's a very special person. Only special people have Monet as their middle name. Yes. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. I love that name for the. I forget what it means right off the bat. Do you remain? Do you recall? Mm -mm. I know Simone means good listener, and it kind of goes right into a sentence. I forget. Well, we'll have to look that up and figure that out. But I forget what it means. But we looked all of that up when we were trying to, you know, picking her name out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> really? Well, see, that's wonderful. 
Yes, we wanted her name to be special. Every time you speak her name, it speaks in existence, right? You know what that is, right? And that's what we talk about today, right? We all talk about purpose, talk about love. And uh, that's actually how my, uh, the name of my company, The Focus of Love, got started from purpose, right? Uh, just from uh, falling in and out of love. So that's how that uh, generated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, no, let's go there then. With regards to the 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 your your business, because let's talk about that. We didn't necessarily. Um, if you tuned in last week, y'all know focus was on last week um, with the panel, um, and we discussed a lot. We are truly discussing um, discovering purpose, because um, I believe that as I said last week, I keep saying this to everybody everywhere I go. Everybody needs to know their purpose. Everybody needs to know why you are here. Everybody needs to know what you are destined. To do, everybody needs to know what you were called to answer, right? And I think that, um, in 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 my opinion, oftentimes we have issues in relationships, and not just romantic. I'm not just referring to romantic, finding, you know, what I'm saying that special someone. I'm talking about how we relate. Period. In general, to people, we have issues in relationships because we have failed to recognize and realize and live in our purpose. So please give us some history on your company, how you started it, where it came, like what, what gave you the drive to help people in general discover their purpose? Yeah, thanks for asking. Girl, pain. Pain is what got me driven to help other people discover their purpose. And listen, so most people, you know, some people wake up and they'll know their purpose. You know, they're a tree hugger or they want to save the whales, right? And that's a wonderful thing. But most people is an evolution of necessity. So it's so okay if you don't know your purpose now, because we don't teach that in most of our religions and definitely not our schooling system about the importance of knowing your purpose. But for me, it derived from pain. At 16, I went into a church looking for God to be my protector and my father. I had just found out my father had possibly committed suicide. So I was devastated. Uh, at 10, Nikita, I found out at 10, that when I found out at 10, I came in the door with a house full of people and they told me my father had an aneurysm and died. So for the next six years, I'm playing an athlete like, like all out balling, right? So I'm the person diving across the field for the ball because I'm like any minute, I might get an aneurysm and die, right? So I was pretty out there when it came to sports. And I played volleyball, basketball, softball, ran track. Um, so that's where I poured my energy in that fear. So it kind of worked for me to a certain degree. Even got an athlete of the year award, MVP, all kinds of wonderful things. Yet it was the undercurrent of fear, right? Can I die like that just out of the blue? And then at 16, I was feeling so sad. Like, where is my dad? Like, that was so unfair. For my dad to die because at 16 you know it's the father and daughter dances right you know the advice you get from your pop about how to date so there was a real missing there and i just was so sad and my mom called my brother and said you gotta come talk to your sister she's not out of bed yet and it's like noon now mind you i'm an athlete so i get up every morning seven o'clock i'm working out jogging or whatever getting to some kind of you know uh, a practice so she's worried and he comes and tells me that god could be my covering god could be my father so I went to church and before you know it, I was swooped up into this, you know, uh, you know, fundamentally, fundamentally unsound church. I definitely believe they love God, but because they too were still in pain, they were rushing people to get married to negate uh, people having babies out of wedlock, uh, adultery that just ran rapid through the church. 
So I was a side effect of unhealed hurt. I was a side effect of people missing their purpose and just trying to exist and get through it, right? And as a result of that, I'm walking down the aisle at 18, right, Nikita? Ain't went And listen, it's two years later, I still didn't get healed of what I came for. You know, but I've been on the usher board. I've been on the choirs. I was, you know, at the events where you dressed in all white, but I'm still just as hurt as I was when I walked into the door because that wasn't addressed. It was just now me being part of the community and that does not equate healing, right? So 18, I'm married. You know, I find myself four years later from that. Now his mother decided to be a pastor, deemed him to be an assistant pastor, causing me to be a first lady. So now, Nikita, I'm living in a, in a, in a bubble. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm living in this bubble where you're supposed to look a certain way, tilt your head a certain way, where you're dressed long enough, make sure you're speaking kindly and sweetly to everyone, nodding your head, right? So, and he was stressed as a young man, right? So your purpose is normally going to derive from some sort of pain. And once you get over it and through it is the, is the clarity that you'll get of your purpose. So listen, it's so okay if you haven't gotten it yet. But that took me there because unfortunately in his stress of it all, being a pastor, being so young, we had a three-year-old, we brought on a nanny because it was just a lot we were trying to manage. He ended up cheating with the nanny. Uh, so it was so devastating to me that I came to church trying to get rid of all of this pain and hurt and drama of life only to have it still right smack dad here in the middle of, you know, the church folk, right? Uh, so unfortunately, I walked around for like 10 years making that complaint that church folk ain't, you know, y'all feel that in, you know, pastors can't keep their thing in their pants. You know, I was literally, you know, walking around with so much and, and it was weird, Nikita, because I was kind of like in this weird place of forgiveness, uh, yet walking to my purpose because I was telling people, you know, about how you can forgive and, you know, God to heal. But yet there was also an authentic part that still was broken and kind of sour with God. Like, why me, dude? I came to your church for healing and I got all this shenanigans, right? <laughs> so it was just this unresolved, uh, you know, essence of why me? that was there, which a lot of people have that question, why me? And if you guys know, you know, Les Brown, he'll go, who do you recommend, right? <laughs> right? If not you, which I think is a very clever way to say, why not you? Because there's a lesson to be learned. There's something that you can further teach once you learn, you know, the lesson. So for about 10 years, I walked around telling that story. I went to about 37 states trying to learn leadership, forgiveness, relationships, the dance of humanity, any convention, Right. Any any uh, workshop you can get to, you know, uh, went down there to T.D. Jakes. What was that? The big event he has when they shut down the whole Atlanta. Uh, what's the name of that one? I can't remember. Right. What uh, the woman thou art. Losing. I didn't go. I missed that one. But it's the one he has every year. Normally uh, it comes to it doesn't escapes my mind right now. But it's a huge event. I actually went there. Uh, listen, just really trying to heal, just trying to still figure out where is God in all of this? And that's actually how I discovered my purpose. I went down there. I actually was leaving with $17, didn't have a hotel to stay in, but God had told me I was moved to be there, that there was a lesson to be learned. And walking out the door, my mom gave me 20 bucks. And she said, you going where? With what? She's she fishing in her pockets. Well, I got $20. Let me give you the $20, right? So because she's looking at me like, where are you going? Or why are you going? And my cousin put me on Greyhound because he worked for them at the time. Um, and so that's how I got there. So literally for four days, uh, God provide. 
I woke up as I was sleeping in, in, in the greenhouse and I saw in my dream these French doors being opened for me, that that's where I was going to stay. So I began to call people in Atlanta saying, hey, coming to Atlanta, you know, just kind of set the in the window, but didn't ask. You know, I was like, God, let me let you be God. Let me see how you're going to make this happen. And then I get into the lobby of the main convention and I'm pulling my luggage and I'm telling people my story that I saw the French drawers in my dream and I don't know where I'm going to stay. And I saw out of the corner of my eye, this woman walked behind me and then she came back and she said, you need somewhere to stay? And it's like 10 people around me at this point because we're all sharing testimonies talking about how we got there. And they all stopped. And I even saw this woman grab her mouth like, oh my God, is this getting ready to happen? Right? <laughs> and the woman, I said, yes, I am looking for a place to stay. She said, well, my girlfriend backed out on me. So I have a place. I said, oh no, honey, she didn't back out on you. God was making room for me. Right? <laughs> and oh my goodness, the lobby started praising God. People started clapping, started dancing. And uh, the one young lady said, tell me if it's the French doors. And she gave me her number. And you know what it was, Nikita, right? We got off that elevator and it was a corner hotel, huge, big king size bed. You had to walk up steps to get to the bed and it was French doors, right? Look at God, his mercy and his grace, even in our folly and our uncertainty. Sometimes when we're bitter at God, upset with him, He's yet good, guys. He's yet good. But even then, I still wasn't clear on my purpose. That trip was to let me know that God was my ultimate provider, that although church is a place to commune and fellowship, that he is the ultimate provider with my 37 bucks, right? <laughs> and that he'll utilize other people that are Christian or not, because people throughout that whole weekend bought me food. I was standing in line. A gentleman said, he was in front of me. He said, I'm going to pay for the young lady behind me. Didn't know me, didn't have a conversation. I mean, God just kept doing stuff like that all the whole weekend, right? It's just miraculous. So, you know, whoever is listening and you're still wondering, well, what is my purpose? It's so okay that you don't know. Nikita and I just happen to be in the conversation that we already know. We're not better than you. We, we just got information sooner than you. And so you at the right place at the right time that you can get the information now to be able to discover your purpose. And I'm going to say that you probably already know it's just taking a few layers off and you'll go, aha, you'll get it. You'll really get it. So fast forwarding, when I got the understanding of what forgiveness is and the dance of humanity, uh, it, you know, first, forgiveness is forgiving yourself. And I had to forgive myself about the participation and getting so ma married so young, not being a very feminine wife. Nikita, I really wasn't. I was coming off the basketball court at 18. So I didn't have a lot of feminine power. I was talking trash, right? <laughs> trying to get my, you know, layup in, trying to get him off his, you know, off his focus so I could get two more points. So I didn't have the finesse of most women getting married. So I had to forgive myself for overstepping such a huge decision before I was ready. And when I was able to forgive myself for my part, because I wanted out of my mama house, my mama had went through a lot of stuff. So I really wasn't interested in staying there. So when this gentleman said marriage and buy me a house, I was like, sounds like a good deal, right? <laughs> right. So that's the kind of the nasty that we don't all want to necessarily confess to. We just want to blame the cheater. We, we, we want to forget about the days that we locked them out of the room and made them sleep on the couch, right? Or embarrassed them in front of their mom or 
some nasty part that we don't want to confess to. We just want to point to the cheater. Now, that doesn't excuse them. You know, we get a chance to decide if you're going to cheat or not. But I'm just saying all of us need to accept responsibility, not blame. And inside of that is how I was able to get that my purpose to, is as, as it was for me was to then help others heal the hurt so they won't repeat the pain. Because what I recognize, if I don't heal this hurt, I'm going to create it another way. I got to deal with this hurt first before I get in one more relationship. And that how is how my purpose got born. It was not, you know, a mother sitting down holding my hand and we just praying and Jesus gave it to me. Right. <laughs> it was some pain. It was some turmoil. It was some what had happened. And for most people, that's what it's going you know, to look like. What's your thoughts on that, Nikita? Yeah. So as you were as you were speaking, I was literally um, just, you know, writing some things down just so just so that we can um, make sure people begin to uh, follow exactly what we're saying in order for you to discover purpose. One of the first things that you had to do was learn how to trust again. That's what I heard. I heard the, the learn how to trust again. Um, and the trust came from trusting in your own self, right? Because sometimes when we are taken outside of, or when we are living outside of our purpose, when we are living outside of destiny, destiny's call, we no longer know how to trust our own selves. We no longer know how to even trust our own voices. We don't, we, we, you, you lose that because you're so busy. You're like, yo, I just, like you just said, like I need it out my mother's house and this was my ticket out the house. So therefore this is what I'm going to do. Cause this is my ticket out this house. So if I got to follow you down this path, then we, we going to be on that path and we're going to pray that the Lord catch me, whichever way this path lead me. Right. So we, we, so to discover purpose, the first thing you, you really have to learn is trusting of your own self again. Then once you begin to trust yourself, you can trust yourself in order to forgive yourself because forgiveness is not forgiveness. I mean, people are like, oh, first you got to forgive. No, I don't. I need to reclaim some things from the inside of me first, right? Because I'm not going to forgive me if I don't trust me. So I got to trust myself in order to forgive me. You know what I'm saying? So let me let me build up the, the confidence and the trust within my own self and within within my own being first. And then I can then I can say, now, Nikia, forgive yourself. I gotta forgive me. Um and I want to say this because oftentimes, you know, we always we 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 tie forgiveness into, oh, you gotta forgive the other person. I don't have to forgive you for anything. I don't have to. Forgiveness of another person for what they have done wrong to me is a process. And it is not something that I'm going to wake up one day and be like, I forgive you. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes when you do that, it's very premature because you don't mean it. You know what I'm saying? And when you don't mean it, you still, you then, you say it out your mouth, but everything about you and that forgiveness, it, 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 it's, 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 it literally is null and void. You know what I'm saying? And it's null and void because your actions, how your body reacts to that person being around you, all that stuff means you have not forgiven them. It is a process. You don't need to speak it. It is not something that you need to decree and declare in front of the world. That's something that literally has to be birthed out from within your own self as you begin to walk through the life of forgiveness of self. Okay. And I always say, I, I just, I like to make that clear because I get tired of people telling folk, well, you ain't healed if you ain't forgive them. The devil is a lie. I am healed. I don't have to forgive them for what they did to me. Jesus forgave them all on the cross. 
I'm not him. My name is not Jesus the Christ. They did not, Peter did not tell me thou art the Christ. He didn't, he didn't say none of that stuff to me. He said that to Jesus himself. Therefore, my job is to allow the act of reconciliation on that great cross to happen for all people. But for Nakia, the art of reconciliation means I'm going to forgive myself and I'm going to learn how to move forward. And what you said also in here was recognizing that you are not your own. So you took the, the huge step to go down to Atlanta. Like, I don't, I got 17 hours in my good pocket, but I know I need to be there. And I got the 17 in my pocket. And this 17 is going, I'm, listen, me and the 17 going to figure this out. And mama said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You going who, what, where, when, how, why? Hold up. I got 20 for you. So we're going to add a 20 to that 17 and hit you with that good 37. Cousin said, listen, I work for Greyhound. So you got the ride. You free on that. But whatever happens after that, I, I don't know what, what, what it's going to be. And what happens? You get into a group of people and y'all talking about y'all testimonies on how you got there. And the Lord opened up a door, literally, for you to have a place to stay while there. You know, and that's the thing that we all need to recognize is, is that in order for you to discover your purpose, you have to know that you are not your own. You know what I'm saying? You have to know that from the depth of within you that you literally are not your own. And that at the end of the day, when you trust, there always will be a way made. Whichever way that is, because the Bible also tells us that he will give us a way of escape. And sometimes uh, those of us, we don't like that way of escape. So we stay in the foolishness for way too long and wonder why we jacked up. We ain't talking about the jacked upness. We're talking about discovering purpose. But some, let me say that some of y'all can't discover purpose because you stayed in the way and you did not meet the way of escape when you were supposed to. So then you end up jacking yourself up and wondering why you now running around here confusing stuff because he gave you a way out. Period. Let me say this. One of the things that uh, years ago, years, 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 when I learned, you know, when I really read the Bible to um, understand it for myself and I read in the good scriptures where he said that he would provide you with a way of escape. Let me tell you what I told the good Lord. I told the Lord, don't ever allow me to stay stuck in a situation that I don't belong in. Point blank, period. Make that way of escape plain, Right. And there are oftentimes where the Lord will make the way of escape plain, but we're going to act like we don't see it. Some of y'all are willfully blind and willfully dumb and willfully deaf. It's just willful. And that's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was willfully deaf, dumb, and blind because I decided to stay in situations that I knew he was giving me a way of escape out of. And I decided to stay in them due to my own selfish ambitions and due to my own uh, straight up, uh, dumb emotions because some emotions are just dumb you know what i'm saying like really i love no i know you do not that is called lust that is not love that is that is lust um and we need to begin to understand that when the lord gives you a way of escape there's a reason for it because he's trying to prevent you from staying in harm's way you know what i'm saying and i learned i literally i learned that the hard way with out following God's way of escape. And the next thing you know, my good head going through somebody's car window because I needed to now uh, learn a harsh lesson in get out. You know what I'm saying? Like for real, get out. So I think that oftentimes we stay in situations much longer than we, we absolutely need because we don't know how to trust the voice that is even within our own self. 
which is his spirit telling you, run, go the opposite way. And I heard something, actually, wait a minute, where did I write it down at? I wrote it down today. I thought it was so great. I was listening to, um, I was listening to the radio and it, it was so good. What you want to call it? Um, Romeo said it. Uh, they were on uh, the Good Breakfast Club and he said, somebody else said it, but he was quoting it. He said, sin doesn't destroy your purpose. It cages it. That right there, I was like, you know what? Boom. We stay stuck in sinful traps, sinful relationships, sinful situation, whatever it is. Sinful does not, you know, people, you know, sinful means anything that, that literally uh, falls completely outside of the will of God for your entire life. So you're being disobedient to what, where he's told you you needed to be. So when I heard that this morning and it says sin, doesn't destroy your purpose, but it cages it. When you literally live in a lifestyle for an extended period of time and you can't seem to find your purpose, check what you're doing because your purpose is literally being caged until you become free. And he, these steps right here, trust, forgiveness, recognizing that you're not, you know what I'm saying? That you, that you, that you are not your own and that you are not on your own, accepting the responsibility for your own personal actions and using all of that to yet heal, to discover purpose is that that's you coming out of something that you were never supposed to be in in the first place because it wasn't set out to destroy your purpose. Your purpose will never be destroyed. You're on this earth because you need to fulfill it, but your purpose is being caged. It's being contained because you can't get to it because you yourself are caged. You yourself are contained. Your mind is caged. Let's talk that out because I think it's, and I think, it's, it can be so simplified. So rather Christian or not, people are walking in their purpose, right? So purpose just means you recognize that there's something for you to do on this earth, right? That's attached to your being and why you're here. So, Christ, you know, plenty of Christians absolutely have uh, had that conversation with themselves and God and been able to produce that and do it. And so have non-Christians. So I want to challenge us with what you just said about the stages of a forgiveness and healing. So it's, a, it's four stages, because you're right. I absolutely did what you said. Because my husband was a pastor, because she was the nanny and the first lady, because we were Christians and dancing that dance called Christianity, I immediately said, well, I forgive them. And I was nowhere near that. I thought that was the expectation of a godly woman, of a godly woman who was a first lady, of a godly woman who was a first lady that had a three-year-old, right? <laughs> a godly woman who has been saved, what, four, five years or whoever I long. That was the expectation. But the process had not happened, right? So therefore, it was false and inauthentic. It was my desire to be there, but it's a process just like Jesus. See, he absolutely knew why he was born. He actually birthed in and started walking the earth, healing people, changed water into wine, five, uh, you know, fish and loaves turned that to feed a massive, the biggest fish fry you ever seen. Yet, when it came to the cross, Jesus himself said, can this cup pass? He was like, mm, can we think about this one? 
So if Jesus himself, knowing why he was born and why he was there, still was like, God, can we think another way? This seems like this is going to be real painful. And I love that God allowed that to happen because he wanted us to be gracious on ourselves. We are all going to get stuck, whether you in purpose or not. He was truly in purpose and still was like, oh, this is going to hurt. Can we do it a different way? Right. And I believe God allowed us to have that glimpse of his humanity to have grace upon ourselves. Right. That we are going to have moments where it is painful and it's and it is like, can we you know, can we do it a different way? But I also think that's where it invites us to get a closer walk with God. When we go, God, I need your help. This is tough. You know, this is really a struggle. I didn't watch so many people die. And now it's my turn. It's actually the reason why I came. But still, is it a way to work around this? Right? So if Jesus can do that, how much more can we? I said I forgive way sooner than I actually did. So here's the four steps. If you're taking notes, this is the steps. The first is to acknowledge. To acknowledge that there is an upset. There's a betrayal. That you're you're saddened. You, you, you're, uh, you know, you got bitterness. Whatever that emotion is, the first is to acknowledge that. And you said it beautifully, Nikita. If everybody else is looking at you snarling as soon as sister such and such walk in the room, that's called a clue, right? And that's why you want to have a tight circle around you where your friends can call you out and go, I love you, darling. I know you wish you forgive her, but it's obvious you do. So you want to have those people around. So the first is acknowledging that you're actually still upset and that you haven't forgiven. Right. And then the next is actually to 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 feel it. Allow yourself to sit in it and feel that you're pissed off. You feel betrayed. You feel, you know, they they, they fooled you. They tricked you. Allow yourself to feel whatever that is. Their business partner said they're going to be there for the long haul. They skimmed some money off of the account and rolled out on you. Allow yourself to feel all of that. Right. Jesus had to feel the whipping. He had to bear the cross and walk. Right. He had to do his thing. Allow yourself to feel all of that because it's going to be an inner working in you when you deal with the reality of what it is. Right. So we acknowledged it. Now we deal it, feeling it. Now it's time to deal. Call it what it is. I felt betrayed. They did the 52 fake out. How the whole church know they up there did cheating and still letting him preach. I had to deal with that. Allow myself to feel it all. Deal it all. I felt betrayed. I, I felt deceived. Who's saying they my friends kissing me on the cheek on a Sunday morning and know they tipping out on Friday? Who was going to allow yourself to feel all of that? Otherwise, you're just deceiving yourself and God knows it anyway. Right. So allow yourself to feel that. Why? For a couple of reasons. You're learning many lessons in that for yourself. And Nikita said it wonderfully. One, once I begin to recollect and remember certain things, I was like, oh, that's why she said that. That's why he touched her that way. And I started putting all kind of pieces of puzzle together that I really didn't want to see. And I realized I actually saw it, but kind of tucked it away because I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't have the maturity. I didn't have what I thought I needed to deal with it. And then the last one is to heal. The last one to heal, which is still a process. And the first thing I had to recognize is this is the part that's so important, the part that you played. Just as much as they pretend that they didn't know that they were cheating, I pretend that I didn't know they were cheating. So I'm just as guilty as them, and it's my life. So I, it was easy for me to blame the church folk for not telling me. It was easy for me to blame uh, the woman for sneaking with my husband. But I didn't call him out like I needed to about staying out late. 
not coming in the house? Where's our sex life, right? So it allows us to not blame because there's no power in blaming. You just feel more shame, more damned, more guilty. No power in that. We don't need that. It's a responsibility so that, like Nikita said, now you have a heightened awareness of yourself, your being, and you can trust your voice. Now I can see what I really see. I don't have to act like it and play that game. So that's the four stages of healing. You need to acknowledge it, allow yourself to feel it, allow yourself to deal with it. Now, dealing with it, that's the struggle right here, right? Because a lot of people will feel it. It's called anger. And they'll show out in all kind of anger. Especially you hear the people, I just had to get it off my chest. You going to love me or leave me? They leaving, boo. They leaving by the groves, right? Nobody want to be around that stink kind of an attitude. So people normally get stopped, stopped at anger, remorse, or re resignation, where they just write off everybody. So after you feel it, right, we want to move to dealing with it. That's where someone like myself as a life coach walk you through that because it's a process like Nikita said. If we could have dealt with it by now, guys, we would all dealt with it by now. So we need some extra support or a therapist or a good book, a Jesus moment. Whoever you follow, go back to a Muhammad. But you're going to need a breakthrough. It's not going to happen most likely on your own. You're going to need some support. And that's so OK. That is so okay. Jesus had his own inner circle, 12 and then three, right? So we need to recognize this a village effort that you don't have to do this on your own. And then the healing process, that's juicy in all of itself. There's a couple of steps in that as well, uh, you know, too. But that's definitely a process and is not a one and done. So Nikita, I want to hear from you. So write those four steps down. It has to happen many times over, especially when there's a violation like cheating. And can you forgive cheating and still have a juicy relationship with that person? Absolutely. But Nikita hit it on, you know, the, the nail on the head when she said, sometimes it's a way of escape. I ain't need to be in that marriage. I was miserable. We weren't compatible sexually, mentally, emotionally, financially. I would have been miserable in the name of Jesus for the next 30 years, still trying to make that marriage work. So I thank God for the nanny, the cheating nanny, for the cheating nanny, man. I'm like, woo, thank you, Jesus, because I would have still been trying to make that thing right. So that was a way of escape. Listen, if that's too much for you Christians right now, don't throw nothing at your laptop. Just skip over that part. But I recognize because of my faith, because I really met what I said at that altar, I would have stayed in that marriage miserable to honor God, which would have been a wrong stinking thinking. Praise Jesus to, for those that have some doctrine that ties you down, that makes you feel so, uh, what, what do you say, restricted. What did you call it earlier, Nikita? Because I was like, oh, I like that word. When you're caged in, when you're caged in, when you know you done made a mistake, you know you're out of your purpose, but all in the name of Jesus, you stay there miserable. That ain't God. I'm not telling you to leave your husband, but I am telling you to check the word of God for yourself in your own spirit, because he's not going to have you verbally abused mentally, emotionally abused, sexually abused, and definitely not abandoned. And that's the three A's of what we believe as Christians allow you to end a, a relationship. That's abuse, abandonment, and adultery. And he committed all three. I was able to roll out of there, boy. I wish I would have realized that earlier and snatched my bags and ran for my life. Right. <laughs> but like Moses, I sorted the mountain for 10 years trying to figure that thing out. But you don't have to. You don't have to. That's why me and Nikita having this conversation now. <laughs> You don't have to feel lost and alone 
looking for your purpose. We are here to support you, to have conversations that if, Nikita, you, you know, you might not feel this way, but I wish someone would have had this kind of conversation with me way back when, uh, but no one knew to have that conversation. I think we're in different eras where we're, we're more open to talk about sin, to talk about how every marriage ain't God to talk about adultery and cheating and really talk about the process of healing and not be fake and phony that because you now know you can immediately forgive. It's just, it's just not reality of what it is to be a Christian. What's your thoughts, Nikita? Well, let me say this. I have been cheated on. I, I'm not a cheater. I'm not a cheater. Um, that is just not, I'd rather break up with you before I actually cheat on you. I, I, I'm not doing all that. Um, but I have been cheated on. Um, and I have lived at a very low part of my life. I didn't really live. I had a, a screw up. Okay. Let me say that it was, it was a one, it, it literally was a one-time uh, situation with someone who was married. Um, and I will say this, one of the, the, the beauty part of being able to discover who you are and discover your purpose is you will truly discover how not to hurt and how not to cause hurt. Um, I refuse literally refuse to cause another woman's pain, a man's pain, or anybody's pain that will cause their purpose to be caged in. I refuse. Um, when you become self-aware, where you're no longer motivated by selfishness, um, you learn that just because you hurt me does not mean that I am warranted to hurt you, right? And that is something I had to learn. That was something I had to mature into, right? Because as a young person, you don't give a damn who you hurt. You hurt me? Oh, okay. Hmm. Watch I could do it better though. And watch you won't know though. But what you ended up doing was, First of all, you ended up degrading yourself. You ended up downgrading yourself. You ended up hurting yourself. And then you're, you, you run around with the notion of now you can't find out me. So now you're in hiding. You're yet caged in again. You yet still can't find your purpose because you're living inside of a cage. You've lived, you're living in a cage of what you want hidden. I had to free myself from, from, from all of that. Right. Because which is that, that is part of the reason why I, I, uh, you know, a, over a little over a year ago now created the group live in truth. I refuse to live in a lie. I refuse to live in a scandal. I refuse ref, like literally refuse. I'd rather tell you the truth and you never speak to me again than for me to live in a lie, just to have you in my face. I'm not doing it. 
that goes and that that goes for any and all of that. That's not just for romantic relationships. That's for any relationship that I have with anybody. I would rather live in truth than live in a lie. Period. I'm not doing it. Um, one of the conversations that I had, she 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 slowly we ended up just being, you know business business partners. You know, writing this writing a book and doing the documentary and everything. But she has literally become my mentor, Adrian Ebel. And one of the things that she told me, she said, Nakia, you cannot stand on a platform and say the muzzle is off. You cannot stand on a platform and say live in truth if you don't do it. Period. Okay. I was like, oh, okay. You want a chin check? No problem. You understand what I'm saying? You want a chin check? I got you with your chin check, but it's the truth check. Okay. Because how dare you sit up here and boast all this, all this, all this positivity. And as the old folks would say, you ain't living a nickel's worth of dog meat. Something is wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? And when you mature, I'm damn near 40 now. What I, I'm not doing this with nobody. Like I, I, I refuse because I refuse to cage in my purpose with lies. And, you know, being I like yourself, married to someone in men, I put, let me put this shit in quotations, married to someone in ministry. Okay. And doing all the little ministry things, you know what I'm saying? You, I'm, he made me a pastor. You know what I'm saying? You the first lady, all that stuff. And all that stuff sounds real good until when the stuff hits the fan and truth slaps you in your face and you stuck looking like, wait a minute, what just happened here? And the truth of the matter is at that, at that time, I thought I was living in my purpose. I'm in ministry. I'm preaching. I'm teaching. I'm the first lady guiding the women. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I really thought all of that, I thought all of that was my purpose. Like finally, God, I'm living out my purpose in you. This is what I was called to do, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like praising the good Lord over all of this purpose. And the Lord is like, yeah, okay. That's what you think your purpose is. No problem. Let me let you walk through this. Right. But that, pur that purpose that I thought was actually literally killing me. Like, yeah, I can't see it now. I literally, I'm, I'm still suffering from the good ball spots of that time frame. You know what I'm saying? Literally, I, I, I probably was like maybe 140, 150 pounds at that time. Depressed, anxiety, can't sleep at night, waking up all times of the eve, all times of the night, thinking that the Lord had me on a good prayer watch and I wasn't on nothing. But that, that was Satan. I never forget. I had never felt depressed a day in my life. I had never. That was something I had never. I had never struggled with depression. I had never. I had never struggled with any of that stuff. Next, thing you know, I'm struggling with depression, feeling feeling down, not understanding like why am I fit? Why I'm the key? What I am one of the most confident people out here, and I can't regain my confidence, and now I can't see. I can see, I can't see it. Not a, not a thing, nothing, no, boom, nothing. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I think. I think that that isn't that that's what happens when you truly are living outside of the, out of your, out of, out of the will for your life, 
out of destiny and out of purpose. I was not in purpose and you couldn't tell me that I wasn't. I really thought finally destiny fulfilled. The Lord has answered and said, this is what I have for you. And it wasn't until everything hit the fan. And the, the, different, the, the, the difference is this time around, because there were other times, you know, when I had went through some things in a church and I was like, Lord, if this your church, I don't want no parts of it. I had did all that. That was like in my good younger years. But this time around, I looked at it and I said, Lord, this ain't your church. Cause in your house, this don't, this don't happen in your house, in your house. You set order in your house. So this ain't your house. So I, I had to resolve with that. This ain't God's house. And anyone that, that resembles this, this ain't God's house. And people get mad at me. Oh, you calling it a man-made church. There's no such thing. I'm like, there is a such thing. Y'all, y'all, y'all go to it. You just refuse to open your eyes to accept the concept that you're not in something that God has sanctioned and ordained. That's on you. Exactly. Every three or four blocks in Philly. I don't know where everybody else is, but every three or four blocks in Philadelphia, there's a church. You can't tell me God called all of me. You just, especially when the same folks got 10 people in there 10 years later. That but you can't God. tell the folks that ain't God. But like I tell people all the time, listen, whatever you choose to believe, what you choose to believe, I'm going to tell you what I believe. But what I'm, what I'm telling you is I'm not going there, period, point blank, the end. You know what I'm saying? And I had to, over these last two years, going on three years, I had to rediscover Nakia. Who am I? Who am I? Who are you? You know what I'm saying? What? And I had to acknowledge the fact that I was hurt, period. I was not hurt by the church. I was hurt by a man that masqueraded himself as someone of the church. I had to literally, I had to literally make that distinct because people try, well, you can't take his anointing away. I'm like, the hell are y'all? Some of y'all are just dumb. Like the stuff that you say is really dumb. And, and I got to say, I agree with you. And I understand because I remember how dogmatic I was about not wearing pants when I first became a Christian. I remember how dogmatic I was about not wearing makeup and earrings. And if I would have missed that era of not wearing perms, I would have been dogmatic about that. Most people are so indoctrinated simply because they're trying everything possible to have something to believe in and when you're not healed when you don't heal the hurt you'll repeat the pain so the very thing that you came to get healed from the anger the bitterness she'll shift it to someone else or something else so i was angry at my mom i was angry at my dad i didn't get my healing in god and god at that church so when they said you couldn't wear pants i'm wagging my fingers in front of everybody talking about you ain't supposed to wear pants i didn't miss the whole love of god but i'm telling what people what they should and shouldn't be doing all in the name of jesus because the healing didn't happen so I was just, I just shift that anger to something else to sound righteous when it really just was self-righteousness. So what we're seeing in church is all of these people making demands and indoctrinations and giving hierarchies to their pastor. We got a lot of women in the church who got the daddy syndrome and they shifted to their pastor simply because they haven't healed about what, what, what had happened was with their own daddy. And if you don't heal the hurt, you're just going to repeat the pain. And so when the pastor when the pastor, the scandal comes out and he slept with the niece's sister that used to walk the dog. Now everybody devastated. The whole church is broken down. People splitting. five more pastors come out of that. 
and all start churches, right? So we, we really got to be responsible, not blame, because there's no power in blame, but be responsible for these sheep that God has given us. We can't just keep opening up churches because we didn't fill out with the bishop. And now you a pastor. Well, God ain't call you a pastor. God ain't called you to be a pastor. You just leave and go to another church, sir. That don't mean you're supposed to start a whole new flock. Now you out of purpose and you got these other 50 people out of purpose. You know, we, we got to take care of one another. But just as important, we got to heal this hurt because we just going to keep repeating this pain, spewing it all over these other people. And it's going to be an doctrine, and we're going to make the hurt some kind of religious sacrament that we all got to follow now. So I walked in and people, they wanted you to get married in six months because it was so much adultery going on in fornication. That ain't, now where's that in the Bible? Where's that in the Bible? You're supposed to court people and know who you married in six months. It wasn't nothing biblical about it, but people covering up their pain. And I love how you're being so uh, vulnerable and open right now, Nikita, just letting it be known that this is, doesn't, he'll hit the way he lived his life doesn't demean who God is. It was a choice, his choice of how he portrayed himself to the people of God, himself, his purpose. This uh, individual happening occurred, right? And that way we leave space for people to reconcile with God. Because sure enough, I was bitter. I was like, dude, I came from this craziness to your house to get here. You just let me get a more craziness. Where you at? So that trip to Atlanta really rectified all of that. He like, I don't need no church to prove to you who I am. Right. right I don't need that. You thought you needed that. Right. And, and again, I was indoctrinated. I'm 16. I'm listening to an older brother. Right. He got, you know, status. I'm like, OK, well, he know what he's talking about. He's 19. He a preacher. Oh, OK, this is it. Again, daddy issues. So I'm, re, I'm, I'm shifting what I wanted and needed from a father to a 19 year old young man. You can see where that's off right there. And then shifting to a pastor who was doing other things. I'm not even going to name it because, they, you know, everything don't need to be said. But fundamentally unsound doctrine, trying to rush people to get married in six months. And all of that to keep having a, a, a butterfly effect because we need to slow down as church folk, as folk, period. Slow down to speed up. I promise you it's worth it. it. It appears to be heavy to find your purpose, but it's not. Nikita, we, you saw us yet last week with Tiffany. Three questions. She knew her purpose. Now, it's a whole nother process to follow up, follow through, still peel back the layers and start living through it. But most of us, we already know is an undercurrent of what we know we, 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 we designed to do. The power of who we are. We can feel it. It's calling us. It's drawing it. It's just now getting the layers off so we can hear that calling and walk in it with pride, walk in it with the ability that God is going to provide. Right. But we got to get that hurt off first. Otherwise, we're going to pull that with us and muddy the waters, right? So it's absolutely a process. It don't take 10 years like me. And how long for you, Nikita? It don't take that. It's just getting enough information on a consistent basis to feed your soul, to build you up so that you're functioning on that on, that, on a daily basis. And it's a reoccurrence, right? Nikita, it's not like a one and done. I have a coach. I have a therapist. I have a village. They keep reminding me. So on my days when I want to be depressed, sad, lonely, where my man at, all of these kinds of questions that's disempowering, I got a village to go, wait on God, honey. You stepped out at 16 and look at the mess you got it. You better wait on God. <laughs> you better let God bring that man and unite instead of rushing and hurrying, right? 
What you think about that, Nikita? What you think about that? I think that that's imperative because a lot of the times what we will find is, is that <laughs> when we are outside of purpose, every relationship that we try to go into falls outside of that purpose as well. Um, and that in and out of itself um, speaks monumentous volumes because it will some it will appear as if this relationship is purpose driven. But what's the undertone and or the undercurrent of the relationship is it's not. It actually is yet and still caging your purpose because it's outside of your purpose. You know, and I think that when we begin to discover our purpose, we will begin to have purposeful relationships. We will make purposeful connections with people, um, places and things. Right. Because a lot of times when you are outside of your purpose, the places that you go literally have nothing that nothing of your purpose hits you when you in them places. Um, and, and, and that's just imperative. The things that you buy have nothing to do with helping you to push forward into your purpose. Um, and that's imperative. I think that that's why I went, I really wanted to talk about discovering purpose because we are so in, we are just so Whoa, we are so out of purpose that we have no idea how to obtain purpose, right? We have, we shape our purpose in people. We shape our purpose in, in business. We shape our purpose in family. We shape our purpose in friends. And we have no idea why am I here? Answer the question for yourself. Why am I here? That's what you, why? Why, why am I breathing? Why am I a living, breathing organism on this earth? Girl, girl you're about to make me shout. I got to swim and let me hold my mule, somebody hold my mule. Why am I here? Do y'all feel that? Do you feel God asking you that question? The spirit of the Lord, the spirit of love, just a yearning. Why are you? That's a juicy question. Y'all about to make me cry here because it, it's enlightening. You, you recognize all that you've been through. It was all added, just like Jesus, the Bible we read, everything in his life added up to the moment of him going to the cross. They were all purposefully uh, designed to buffer him, to get him ready, to get him set, to get the people around him ready and set to tell the story, right? To accept him. It's all by design. I promise you, you might, somebody said, well, focus, how is incest? How am I losing my baby? How am I child getting shot is part of the design. I can't answer all of that, but I know someone who can. In your prayer time, God, why? I lost the baby, carried her nine months. And, and I said, God, you know, and I thought I killed her because at 18 years old, I'm like, I'm terrified of having her. I really don't want her, but is she here now? So at 18, my, my mindset is too young to mature, you know, to really mature and process that, right? But the key that I'm like, now I saw physical ed movies, but how is this baby coming out of here, right? <laughs> I was going through it. So at nine months when they pronounced the dead in my belly, I'm like, oh my God, did I do that? Because I was wanted her, but didn't want her. It was too much too soon. So, so and, and only what, five years later, I'm going through a divorce with her father. I would have been dragging two kids through a divorce. So it came to me crystal clear when the marriage started breaking up, that that was God sparing her and me having to deal with two children going through the divorce. So I don't have your answer, but your God will spend some time with him. 
God, why? Why was why did I experience incest? What, what was the point? What lesson do you want me to teach you? What voice am I to have for those that don't have a voice? Because see, now you're conscious enough to pray about it. You're conscious enough to reach out to God. That's a gift. That's a blessing. Because some people still bitter and, and making themselves wrong for having experienced incest. And, and you know what my answer was? Darling, he experienced incest. And he was doing to you what was done to him. And then the grace of God came and overcame me from my bitterness and anger and, 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 and you know, just wanting to scream and choke him. Like, I can't believe you did this to me until I found out and God revealed to me through uh, other family members that he too was experiencing incest. And then the grace of God came over me and I said, God, forgive him, forgive me, forgive the person that even started this thing. So it's a whole different space. I don't have an answer for what had happened to you, but that will be between you and your God. And what a sweet moment of relief. So now I was able to relieve my family member who did that to me and let them know earnestly, I forgive you. Because here's what I know. It was being done to you and you did that to me. And I put a few other pieces together and both of us end up crying, holding each other, recognizing what had happened. Because he was just as despondent as I was just as despondent, right? So we all got stuff that we dealing with is what I want to say to you. And those four stages, it will allow you to heal that, I promise you. And it won't stop today. You will need that for the rest of your life because as long as you're on this earth, someone's going to portray you, hurt you, make you mad or sad. It's just called being human. That's all it is. And guess what? You're going to do it to someone else as well. Namaste. Praise Jesus. I know you got your wings on earth. You're going to say something that's going to hurt somebody. You're going to do something. And I want to back up what you said, Nikita. Thank you for again for being so brave and being so vulnerable with your listeners. I hope you guys are blessing her whatever way she got set up for you to bless her uh, because she's definitely pouring out our heart to make sure she serve you all. And service to many leads to greatness. So show her that you appreciate her coming back, you know, week after week or how often you tune in and, and bless her too. Because I too, I never was a cheater, but I found myself with someone else's husband. And when it happened, and we're where we are, and the wife called, I bust out crying. And he looking at me, I'm looking at him, I'm like, I can't do this. I'm hurting another sister. I, can, I can't do this. We went forward and did what we did. And even then I cried all the way through, couldn't even enjoy the doggone thing. Cause I said, I, I remember the pain I felt on that side. And see, I thought I was justified cause some stuff I knew, but, but I know who I am and the integrity of who I am. And I was like, nothing can justify me being with somebody else's man. I, 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 it's just not okay. That's not who I am. And right back to what you said, Nikita, when you out of purpose, you out of purpose. You look up and you at places you don't even belong. I was out of sorts. Listen, I was out of sorts so bad when we got where we got, I gave a real name. I, I remember him <laughs> a real name. Can't even do wrong right. Because that ain't me. That ain't even who I am. Right, and it can't do wrong right. And and I remember distinctly, and, and you are really like this, Nikita. I walk up, and this is my first club, first lady, right? Our first lady, you know, we separated and everything. So the first lady, I'm going to the club for the first time. And I walk up to the club because some friends told me about this club. And the guard look at me kind of sideways. He said, you don't belong here. Just like that. He said, you don't belong here. I said, can I just go take a look? 
He said, you know, you don't belong here. He said, you could go take a look, but you're going to come right back. And I was, I could, I was shaking, literally going up both of those two flights of steps. And all I can remember when I got up to the top of the steps and I saw them drinking and smoking and, you know, having a good time like you do at a club. I said, God, please don't strike me dead. And <laughs> Let me get down these steps. I know I don't belong here, right? <laughs> and not that that place is hell and wrong, right? It's what you do with that. It was very distinctly what Nikita said. It wasn't in my purpose. It wasn't in my path. And my mama used to say, when you, when you, when you are where you belong, nothing bad won't happen to you, right? Because she meant that it's supposed to happen. Whatever's happening and you, where you belong, it's supposed to happen, right? It's in your destiny is what she was telling me. So when I got to that top of the steps, I was like, I do not belong here. And all I heard was my mom saying that. And I got down them steps so, so quickly. And I walked by him. He said, I'm glad to see you. <laughs> he just said, I'm glad to see you. He did not want me to stay there. It was so obvious. I stuck out like a sore thumb. I'm sure it looked like I was going to a PTA meeting. You know, <laughs> so, you know, being where you belong matters because it's not only just affecting your life. I'm so grateful now that I have a different level of peace, that I'm not chasing uh, uh, being accepted. I'm not chasing looking for a man to substitute where my dad didn't, you know, uh, take up. But right now, I get to wake up every morning and go, God, who do I get to help? Who do I get to speak in their life? Who do I get to help heal the hurt so they won't repeat the pain, so they can get the love they want and have the life they love? So on my saddest moments, because you won't feel that way, on my most upsets, my mom, Mark, of three years passing was just Sunday. And I, and I sat up and was like, God, I'm sad I miss her. And how can I help other people heal their hurt? So I started posting about her. So other people can also have their grieving moment about their parent. We got to be able to let people grieve. Even in the, the best of days, you still have to let people grieve, whether it's a loss of a job, COVID, money, time, a loved one. So I allowed that day to be a day to allow other people to share just as much you know, as myself, you know, if you will. So guys, it's not just for our own life. But it's the ripple effect of how it's going to affect other people to know your purpose. And I promise you, if you're not sure right now, I want you to go. I'm going to drop my link in here. Make your appointment say, I met you at the Muzzle Off uh, podcast, and you said you would give me a 30-minute free consultation. I'm going to sit with you. In a matter of moments, you're going to know your purpose. That's the easy part. That's the easy part. The other part is what Nikita is talking about, the, un the layering off the indoctrination. That family is everything. No, it's not. Family will kick you in the butt if you let them. They'll drive you crazy. You'll end up rocking in a chair somewhere in the corner with family if you let them. That don't mean that's your purpose. That could be part of your purpose. Your business, you can gain a lot and be successful and no fulfillment. That don't equal purpose, right? So it's an indoctrination that actually has to take place so you can walk in your purpose freely. Still having a successful business and loving family, but that doesn't complete your purpose. What else is it that you're designed on this earth to do? So I'm going to drop that link on there. Nikita going to wrap us up. I hear my, my, my surprise crew came over here to spend a night. Four kids showing up my door and telling me, can we come in to warm up? And before you know it, I got a whole sleepover going on. <laughs> but I'm going to drop this link in here. Definitely tell me if there's anything else you want me to share or say to speak to that as well. 
No, I honestly think that um, you hit it, which is good, which is great. And this is a perfect time for us to definitely uh, to wrap it um, just for the simple fact that you said a lot. Let the people get their 30 minutes, drop your link. Um, and I really want everyone to um, take take advantage of the fact that she's offering you 30 minutes for free. Um, especially if you are struggling with finding your purpose, especially if you are struggling with understanding why you're here, especially if you're struggling with the answer to what question am I here to answer? Our lives are here to answer a question. Whatever that question is, there lies your purpose. There lies you in, in, in inside of your destiny. Um, oftentimes people always ask me, you know, how do you um you know, introduce yourself. And the very first thing that I always say is I am the sum total of my life experiences because that is what has made me who I am, which has propelled me into my purpose. I don't regret any decision that I've ever made. Um, I have learned from every mistake and poor decision that I have made, but I don't regret anything. I don't live a life of regret. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have did that. I did it. So I needed to learn. If it wasn't good, I needed to learn from it. And if it was great, I need to I need to make it greater. That's how I think. That's how I live. That 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 truly is my thought process. Um, I refuse to live in regret because when you live in regret, you live in a constant state of shame. I'm not doing that to myself, um, and I don't wish for anyone to do that to themselves. Uh, shame, truth for the matter is, shame is what pushes you into depression. Shame is what pushes you into anxiety. Shame is what pushes you into low self-worth, low self-value, where you don't, you know, you, you, you literally don't trust yourself. All that stuff. If you ask a person their story, it's, it started with shame. It started with shame. Something that they did, something that they said, some, something that they now feel shameful about. So um, we're here um, in order to remove the shame, even here, in order to remove the guilt, you can't stay with a guilty conscience for the rest of your life. You have to remove that. You know, guilt says, I know I did something wrong um, and I am sorry for what I did wrong and now I need to change. You stay guilty when you keep repeating the same offense, right? If I go back in front of the judge, he already, I was already found guilty. Now I'm free. Now I'm guilty again. Now I'm free. Now I'm guilty again. Now I'm free. Get out the cycle of repeating the same offense. Because once again, you're caging in your purpose and you're, ca you're caging in your entire life. You're you are literally, a <laughs> you're caged. And I get why Maya, Maya Angelou said, why the caged birds sing, but your ass ain't singing. You're stuck. There's not a song that is coming from your cage. Okay. So we need to get out of this caged mentality and we need to start living in this free mentality, a mentality of freedom, a mentality of truth, a mentality of respect, integrity, honor. All of that is wrapped up in your purpose. That's why I be buying a cage free egg. Some of y'all, that's the problem. Okay. You need some cage freeness in your life. Okay. Get, get out the cage. You know what? I'm a pre one day when I do go back to preach and I'm a preach that watch me, 
when I when I do when I get when I when I when I really when I really feel the unction of the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna preach that. Get out the cage. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you how about that's why I buy it too. I'm like cage free, but why would I want to eat a a, a caged you know aid? So I would too. I'd be thinking the same thing. Oh, I love it. Listen, you ain't even gotta wait to preach. We all come watch. Let's put them out there. What you gonna preach? We gonna come in and, and watch it as well. Now I see two of your listeners are like all over here. Just really pumping us up, so supporting. Now, I want to give each one uh, my ebook as well. And oh, Leah came to the event on Friday as well. Your last guest that was on there, she said she loved it. And we're looking to meet, you know, as well. So that was just amazing. So I'm going to give the two listeners, I see this popping, and there is that beautiful uh, chocolate drop in here. She keeps commenting all the way through. We're visionaries manager. Yes, I want to give her ebook. She's been blessing us with her presence and her hallelujahs. And I can tell she over there stomping her feet and everything. So we want to give her an ebook as well. So make sure you connect her and I. You have an email, right? You, you know the young lady, I assume. I don't, but visionary okay. manager, I hope she's still listening. If you are, yeah. just um inbox me. Yes. And yes. we will definitely be sure I will I will pass on your email to um to focus and you will get that good ebook. Yes. Leah, 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 watch right now. Leah, say hey. <laughs> hey, Leah. How are you? Beautiful. So look forward to our time together. When you purchase my book as well, it's just $7. You also get 30 minutes with me and it'll be my plum, please, and pleasure. You bring whatever you want in that 30 minutes and we're going to take it on. Well, let me say this, Focus. I want to really thank you for your time. I do want to also um, acknowledge um, the fact that the, the conference was great. Oh, good. Thank you. So, I, okay. So, I truly thank you for uh, for the invite to it. Yes, yes, you It really was eye opening. Yes, I learned a lot. Yes, yes. Concerning business, mm -hmm. I was taking notes, taking notes, taking notes. Communication. Yes. Presence. Yes, yes. Um. So it was. It. 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 it thank. Thank you. You know, um, because as as women in business, we got to be on point. Yes. You yes. know, and when that woman said that, that's why that's that's why I created the email account that I have, Nikia Monet at LivingTruth.com, okay. because that was one of the first things I did. I said, "Ain't no way I'm gonna act like I'm a business mm -hmm. and be using a Gmail." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. And when she said that, I was like, "That's you know what, man, you, you better come on here and teach the folks that, that they better buy that email. They better buy that email. Listen, guys, when you when you when you when you learn, you teach. So Nikita is teaching you now. If you never heard it, it just means it's a different elevation of communication. So you could buy one. I have one. Focus at focusjames.com. It's only a few bucks at like GoDaddy or any of those. Go on and set that up. It just makes you look more proprietary. People take you more serious. It's just that simple. But if you don't know, you don't know. So we just gave you that nugget for free. And Hello. Too, but we just gave it to you for free. <laughs> um, it's just, it's a wealth of knowledge and it's a knowledge, it's a knowledge transfer. And I, I just, I just, I believe in that. So I, I thank you, um, you know, for inviting us to it. It was wonderful. It, 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 it definitely was empowering. So, you know, I just, I, I think, I thank you for that. Um, this is when you're in purpose and God begins to connect you with people that are within purpose. That's right. And this is the reason why I said it is important for you 
to know your purpose. Yes. Because then you're connected with purpose. Yes. And the connections that you make, the relational relationships that you make with people, everything will tie into your purpose. I agree. I agree. And one of the things that we have to be very careful of is understanding a purposeful connection from a romantic connection. Um, and we find this in, in, the, in the good, we find this all over, right? You find this in business, you find it in church, and you find it in your personal life. You know, you always, you, you, you'll hear stories about the powerful CEO that's sleeping with the secretary. You'll hear the story in the church of, of the, 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 the pastor sleeping with so-and-so. And then you'll get it in your own personal life where, as we call it in the church world, you sleep in with your assignment, right? A person that was just assigned to you, you then turn into something else. That takes you outside of purpose. You have to, you have to allow people to be in your life due to the purpose that they are in there for. And sometimes, and I've done it, Lord, Lord knows I've done it. When you <laughs> taint the purpose, it's no longer good. Like, Lord knows I have uh, had many good relationships cut off because we tainted the good purpose. Um, and there was, there, there was, there, there, it was hard to repair that once you messed it up, right? You mess like once you, you cause these things. And I just think that for us as, 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 as women, for us as, as, as men, I'm not a man, but you know, y'all men, y'all people, we have to learn our true authentic purpose and how we relate to the people is all tied into that. If you, I, I'm, I'm a, uh, Pastor Princeton called me a purpose pusher. That's who I am. That's why I talk about purpose so much. I am a purpose pusher. And oftentimes I have to recognize why is, why, why are you in my life? Like I ask that question, uh, not to the people, but I ask it of myself so that God will begin to reveal to me why certain people are in my, why are you here? You know, what, what am I here? What do, what, what are you here for? What do you need from me? And what am I going to get from you? Right. What, what is this exchange? And we have to begin to understand the exchange that we have, um, from people. You know what I'm saying? Is this negative or is this positive? Is this going to propel me or is this going to hold me back? All of that stuff, we, we got to figure all of that out. We're going to have this discussion once more concerning purpose. We're going to continue to have the discussion for purpose because as I keep thinking about, as I keep talking, I keep thinking about new things and we got to wrap. Because um, I, look, I don't, I don't, I don't want the, 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 four, the four guests to uh, get restless, you know? I don't want them getting restless in the house, but we will do this again because I think that it, it's imperative for us to, to really um, understand purpose. And, and, and the reason being is so that we're living a fulfilled life. I want everybody to be fulfilled. I just want, I want men and women alike. I want everybody to be fulfilled. And um, our fulfillment... Our fulfillment comes from fulfilling our purpose and living in it. So again, focus. I love you. I thank you. I really, really, really do. I really, 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 really do. I love, I love your spirit. I love the joy of you. 
um, and the love that you actually do display and you give to people. You, you, you're like me. We want to help everybody. And sometimes that help um, can drain us. Sometimes that help can actually hurt us. And but I do know that, you know, for, for, for your own self, um, I just feel that your season of that, that season that you were in um, for like maybe like the last two years or so um, of being disappointed and hurt is literally like over. You're you're just you are literally like mounting. OK, and um Sometimes it's so easy for us to give up. It's so easy for us to quit. It's so easy because people do not understand when when you are truly a purpose pusher and your job is to push people into their purpose, you literally um, suffer a lot because of that. And um, I just know that you're it's like you're, you're it's like you're like that that airplane that is just and you're about to take off. You know, so I, I just I bless God for your life um, and, and and for everything that you do um, and for everything that you're going to going to do. And, and 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 I can't wait to see. I just I just can't wait. I can't wait for covid to be over um, so that the platform that you were supposed to be on, uh, you can go on that good stage. Um, you know, it's. It's like elevated, you know what I'm saying? Like you're like, you know, so um, I just, I just, I, I can't wait. And I'm, I'm truly excited and I, I'm glad that we have connected um, so that I can continue to watch all that you're going to do. I can't wait for that manuscript. I'm excited about that. I still got my piece of paper, which written right here. I wrote it, it's staying with me um, and I'm just excited. So thank you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for giving up your time welcome you're so welcome you're so welcome i love your spirit as well and my girl gail i gotta give her a shout out gail hines thank you so much she messaged me on messenger and said i hey listen i gotta introduce you to this young lady i think you would be great on her podcast and i agree you know you can't say no to someone that's all about purpose and yes guys if you don't you know remember anything else we're saying tonight purpose is true fulfillment it's really delicious it's almost orgasmic I know that's heavy for some people, but it really is. When I get done with a client and I'm the, and you drain, you know how you drain after, you know, a good session, a good heated fellowship. I'm drained, but in a good way. I know I've helped someone else to get a vision of their life that they hadn't had before. So it just feels good. And it feels like you, it all matters. It all add up. It was all worth it. So getting in your person, purpose will feel just as delicious as that chocolate cake you, you are addicted to, I promise. Well, thank you, Nikita, for inviting me. This was amazing as usual. You, you're doing a great work. Please stay encouraged um, and hugs, virtual hugs. And I so look forward to us doing more work together to help people unfold and, and blossom. And listen, your, your, your purpose is not one and done. If you haven't read Mrs. Obama Becoming yet, you'll see that it's an evolution. It, it grows as you grow. And as the different levels go up, you go up. So you'll have a different spectrum. So I, I was four years ago, I was a life relationship coach. Then I became a business life relationship coach. And now I train life coaches, right? So your purpose evolved as you do. I just helped train two life coaches. So it's a wonderful thing. It just blossomed. You won't be stagnant, I promise you, because there's so much to do and so many people to help. So it's not one and done. So just be you know happy to know that it's an evolution.
So understand purpose is truly an evolution. And that is how we're going to end this evening of the Muzzle is Off podcast. We will end it with you understanding that purpose is an evolution. You're going to constantly build upon it. So with that being said, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank everybody that's going to watch after the fact. I want to thank everybody that's going to even listen on Spotify, iHeart, Apple, Google, all the major podcast sites. I just want to, I want to thank everybody and tune in next week. Um, we will be back again next week, Wednesday. I believe that, well, that's the 23rd. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's the 23rd um, at 7 PM. And we'll be back with grace again. And uh, we're going to continue talking about purpose, but um, we're going to talk about purpose with a twist. I like how that sounds. So thank you all for tuning into the Muzzlers Off podcast. I hope you all have a good night. Thank you focus for being with us. I hope you have a great night. Tune in next week. Bye.